0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following
1: podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Time. It's
0: eleven sixteen exactly.
1: Must be a mistake. It should have happened by now.
2: Let's move
1: here. I'm James Bigglesworth. My friends call me Biggles. Jim Ferguson. Come on. Do you mean that was nineteen seventeen? Time travel is not unknown in history. Why me? I think Biggles is your time twin. You again.
0: Some answers. What do you say? Do you say, let's kick some ass.
2: Biggles, the adventure begins. One step back in time.
3: Hello and welcome to Smirch Pod Three, the podcast that relights the fire of '80s action movies and celebrates the decade where the explosion was king. It was. It was, wasn't it? This week we'll be donning our goggles, jumping in our kite, and going to heaven and back while fighting those damn jerrys. But because this is the 1980s, we will also be jumping back and forth in time. And being American. Yes, it's Biggles Adventures in Time. Joining me to want to be a hero is comedian and Welshman.
4: (laughs) Professional Welshman. I was going to put professional, I wasn't sure. Well, I mean, it's not amateur at this point. No. I can't Welsh in the Olympics anymore. No. <laughs> I've been doing it too long. What is
3: the Olympic Games for Welsh people?
4: Um, well, coracles. Right, yeah. Coracle racing, coracle yep. building. Yeah. Um, it's very... I mean, anything with a coracle, if you can make it competitive. What is a coracle? What's a coracle? Yeah. This is not a thing that's known outside of... Well, it might be. It might just I don't know the name. It's a small boat that is made solely in Wales that is a poorly made boat. I'll tell you that. But like a canoe. What, Yes, but it's more, sort of, uh, sort of, it's more sort of a bike helmet upside down sort of wood. Sort I know of what you mean and, now. It yeah, yeah, looks yeah. a bit
3: like a cauldron.
4: It looks a bit like a cauldron, yeah. and it is uh, our contribution to world transport.
3: Do you have, like, seaweed in that? And
4: well, not at the start of the day, but that's why you've gone out there.
3: Lambus bread.
4: La- yeah. lambus bread. Oh,
3: no, that's Lord of the Rings, sorry. Uh,
4: Lava bread, we, yeah. Okay. Lava
3: bread, yeah, sorry. sorry. Uh, I'm not being horrible to Welsh people. I love Welsh people, just so Dan knows and everybody listening who is Welsh.
4: Yeah, so I'm, I'm nonplussed about them, but...
3: Okay. Uh, if you want to find Dan on Twitter, though, he is at DanThomasComedy. Yes, I am. But the exciting reason we're here today is because we found a joint passion <laughs> <laughs> that we both love, which is Biggles Adventures in Time.
4: Yeah, this came up on Twitter, Yeah, and we were like, oh my God, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I, I hadn't seen it in a long time, and I assumed that my passion would be as strong as it was when I was... Yeah, me too. ...maybe six or seven last time I saw it. And luckily, it is.
3: Yeah, we, we we talked about this off air, but you were mentioning the Blue Peter set report.
4: Yeah, which I don't remember. You said that's the reason you watched it. They yeah, went this. I'll tell you this: I'm not a Blue Peter fan either. Oh, but I was. I'm going to say it straight away. That is definitely my favourite episode of Blue Peter ever. Yeah, but never, never at any point in history of Blue Peter started with the traditional da 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 da, Jerry, and a man falls to his death. Yeah, that's in the first ten seconds of this episode of Blue Peter.
3: That is how they got rid of John Leslie.
4: <laughs> and they've kept that bit in. I yeah. love that since the 80s, I don't know how many of you watch it, but they kill a man at the start of every episode.
3: They did. They, they, they used to try and kill Peter Duncan in
4: every episode as well. Didn't yeah. You know, all these dares. Yeah, and they eventually got him and then, obviously...
3: They got him on porn in the end.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: That's great quite certainly. takes your breath away, that, doesn't yeah. it? And if you weren't quite sure what was going on there, and I must say I wouldn't blame you, you'll have to wait and see the whole film, which will
0: be
1: in cinemas all over the country at the end of next month. But before that, Biggles, which has a PG certificate, will have a royal charity premiere on May the 22nd in the West End of London. It will be a real gala occasion with all the stars of the film there and their royal highnesses, the Prince and Princess of Wales.
3: Yeah, I, I was nine years old when the film came out, 86. Right, yeah. And it was summer holidays and Blue Peter did a set visit on it. I was so excited about it. I, I don't know why now.
4: Well, I, I was, had you heard of Biggles before? Yes, but my mother was a fan, so I already knew Biggles. All oh, right. At the age of six, I already knew the weird because she bought the kids' version because he rewrote because they were originally for grown-ups. Yes. And he rewrote them, and my mother bought a bunch of children's versions, were exactly the same as the adult versions except he, the guy had to go through and change the word whiskey to milk. That's the only difference. And there's no long, sex scenes. There's no sex scenes in Biggles. Are yeah, it's there is, isn't there? Him and algae. <laughs> Did you the, the later ones? <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, he
3: has to take off the algae bra. No, the reason I knew Biggles was because of the Monty Python sketch.
4: That's how you... OK, right. Because yeah. you mentioned this. I've never seen that sketch. And Biggles flies undone. What's it about? It's
3: not very progressive. It's about Biggles dictating a letter to his secretary, who keeps calling him Senor Biggles.
1: Dear real Princess Margaret, thank you for the eels, full stop. They were absolutely delicious and unmistakably regal, full stop. Sorry to mention, but if you finished with the hairdryer... Could you pop it in the piss? Yours, fictionally, Biggle. Oh, P.S., see you at the Sax Coburg's Canaster evening. <laughs> That's your puzzler. See, si, Signore Biggles. Silence, naughty lady of the night!
4: <laughs>
1: Next week, part two Biggles flies undone.
4: <laughs> well, Chapman was really not that progressive, if I recall. No. Apart-, apart from that one thing.
3: What was the one thing when he's chased by the ladies with their boobs out?
4: Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the one. Hmm. Just nicely give women some work in Monty Python. Well, I think so. Yeah. At least they didn't play them all. For ju- now, oh god! No. Oh, unfortunately, I just visualised that. <laughs> it would probably look about the same now. They're all gentlemen. Oh. Wobbly. I don't want to think about them now. All right, well, let's not then. We'll talk about biggles. Let's talk about biggles, which is even more depressing.
3: Which starts off with any biggles. If you said to who wrote this, uh, the, the, what was his name? The, w. Johns. W. Johns. If you said to him, W. Johns, good news. If you folks to him in heaven via a seance, they have made a film of your biggles character, and he would have been like, "Oh, brilliant." The first thing you see, what is it? Oh, is it like the battlefield in World War One? No, it's the Statue of Liberty.
4: <laughs> it's the Statue of Liberty and then a coked-up executive. Yeah, wh- yeah. What? What? I hate... it's. Even I, I remember being six, six, yeah. and watching this and going, what is this? This is not Biggles, this is fact. Mm. I, and it, and I, and then nothing changes really over the next hour and a half. It's
3: When I was nine, though, I loved this song so much.
4: Oh, for fuck's sake. But when
3: it came out on video, I taped it off with a tape recorder... So I could listen to, do you want to be a hero? Well, I thought it was a lady...
4: Well, I I haven't looked into it. Who is it? It's John
3: Anderson from the band Yes.
4: Oh, is it? Because I've looked up the lyrics, and you can't find the lyrics on the internet. Any other song in the universe, you look up that song and you type in lyrics, and it's going to come up. This one, nobody has gone to the trouble of transcribing this dog shit.
3: Has anyone done the lyrics for Chocks Away?
4: Look at! I didn't even think the look. At, which is the which is the actual worst song? We'll get to it, but that's yeah. the worst song, yeah. I think ever recorded for a, for I, a feature film. I, I think so.
3: Yeah, I did write down some of the lyrics. Have you seen my baby? Have you seen my showgirl? What lyrics. does that mean? I don't know. It's
4: got nothing to do with this bloody film. It's in the wrong time period. Well, anyway. Well, it's it's a very eighties film. Yeah. I'll say that as period things go, they've nailed the eighties. I know they were in it, but it's like it's got everything you want from an eighties—not want, but you have to put up with a coked-up executive. Because the first time we meet our hero, hmm. who isn't even Biggles,
3: no, it's Jim Ferguson, it's Jim
4: Ferguson, a man who makes frozen food.
3: Yeah, TV dinners,
4: TV dinners, yeah. that celebrity dinners—whatever the hell that is—a thing that doesn't exist. They've made up because I think they think it's funny. Yeah, the first time we meet, he's he's asleep in a car for reasons that's never explained. <laughs>
1: Coke. Well,
4: but yeah. what kind of coke is he buying that's making him? Oh, get he's on come down. He's on Horlicks, and then he's. This is when you meet him. Yeah, this is how you meet your hero, and then he, and then there's some. Oh, remember you have got a big presentation in the morning because you have to because it's a film from the eighties.
3: Well, he wants to have sex first, doesn't he? He says, "Do you want to come up for a?" Coffee? He doesn't seem that
4: bothered, does he? The no, guy, Do he It's very much like, "Do you want to come out up and have, have sex? sex?" Not really. No, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah.
3: But yeah, he's got to get ready for his presentation. Uh, because he's got a big meeting tomorrow.
4: Yeah, as all people do in the eighties.
3: But what happens is, is that as he's going to his flat, he's being followed by Peter Cushing, and it's the real one, not someone making making him with a computer like they would now.
4: The you real know what? one. Having seen Peter Cushing in this, I, I'm, <laughs> all sins are forgiven about that CGI Peter Cushing. He's he was more creepy in life by this point.
3: Oh, he's very old. He wasn't very old. He was quite old. He was
4: 71. Wow. I know 71-year-old people who still golf and look very healthy. Yeah, this but guy, he's,
3: he's from the generation where they smoked 400 cigarettes a day and...
4: That doesn't make it all right. He looked, if you beef. told me he was 95, I'd believe you. Yeah, you're right. He looks like a 100-year-old Welsh grandmother in it. <laughs> he does. He does. He looks awful. Mm. When I looked at... Because I, I like to look around these things on like Wikipedia. It's like Peter Cushing? Oh, God, I bet he shot this two weeks before he died. He lived another nine years after this film. Yeah. Which is remarkable.
3: It's all that vampire hunting. It takes it out of you. You think the amount of time Dracula might have cursed
4: him. Right. I mean, I don't want to... (laughs) Gypsies. That can't be your answer to why everyone looks old. That's why. Well, he looks old, doesn't he? Yeah, it's
3: gypsies. It's it's a Stephen King book, isn't it? Like thinner, but...
4: Older. Older.
3: (laughs) I did it in Welsh. Older. Uh, oh, bless
4: him. Oh, he's got no time left, this one. Oh.
3: <laughs> but he knocks on Jim Ferguson's door and says, um, has it happened yet? He says, 11.16. It should have happened by now.
1: Do you have the correct time?
0: It's 11.16, exactly. 11.16, exactly.
1: Must be a mistake. It should have happened by now.
0: I'll tell you what. I'm very busy and I don't know what you're talking about. So why don't I just go,
3: okay? I'm imagining that there's some sort of candid camera show where, like, a bear comes through the window and has sex with him.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have you just imagine? And it, he's like, "Has it happened yet?" And the guy's like, "What?" Puberty. Uh, have, have, I just got as a as a bear comes through the window and fucked you yet? No. <laughs> Is that gonna happen? No. <laughs> I have to go reset, guys. The <laughs> um, so Bear being put back in a transit van. <laughs> not just... today. <laughs> Gruffles is not playing ball. Quick, quick, we've got to get this shot of this man being attacked by a sexy bear. <laughs> not sexy bear. Is
3: there any other kind of bear? Uh,
4: yeah. Yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> um,
3: but he basically acts like Cushing's a crazy man because he
4: sounds crazy. Yeah. Because he's right, because Cushing comes in. Also, this introduces a plot point that is never revisited. Why hasn't it happened yet? And he's like, oh, straight away, we've got a mystery. Mm. Why is whatever he's talking about not happened yet? Just hasn't, probably had not checked his watch. No. Yeah, oh, I didn't, I'm on London time. Well, exactly, yeah. And then two minutes later. By the way, we are only four minutes into the film. Yeah. We have learned nothing about anyone or the world of the film other than a man we don't know has a presentation in the morning and a, my, a, my grandmother has knocked him on his door. <laughs> To arrange to have a bear attack him. I don't know what was going on there. Hmm. And then, the lightning strike. He gets
3: struck by lightning and he gets sent to a field in the middle of World War One.
4: Well, uh, yeah. Now, the key thing as well in this is he doesn't look like that's unusual. No. There's a look in his eyes like, oh, not again. Yeah. Every time I get some bad fucking Charlie, <laughs> I end up... In a fa- and and then a plane but he's so dozy, and I don't know if it's badly directed, or if he's just a terrible actor, or if he genuinely didn't know what was going on. Oh. Uh, lend a hand.
1: I'm in a bit of a pinch here, old man. Something very strange just happened to my plane. You're not kidding. Uh, hurry it along will you
4: They'll start a whiz us in a moment He runs over He helps Biggles out And then he does what you would do in Not in a ch- He doesn't wank him off <laughs> No he doesn't He, he doesn't bit, f- bit of pattern Pull me off you? <laughs> Okay Here's my card Thank you so much And he gives him his card Yeah Who What kind of demented Coked up mentally his executive Is executive Well I don't know who this guy is We're in a field in the dark But he might be able to help my career
3: hmm. Well, luckily he did give him his car, because that comes back later, doesn't it?
4: Uh, yeah, because that's that's just foreshadowing. That's just great writing.
3: It is, because Biggles tells him that um, the weapon made him crash, I think, and that he needs uh, the camera and the plane blow up.
4: Yeah, and our, our hero, Jim Ferguson, has no questions. He just goes, oh, good, good to know. Celebrity he says, English. my name's
3: James Bigglesworth, but everyone calls me
4: Biggles. And Jim Ferguson says, yeah, yeah fine. This yes. is yeah, absolutely fine. Right. I do celebrity dinners. And then, and then Biggle says, "Oh, you're American. Mm. Oh, I heard you chaps were coming over." And then, because he sees obviously this guy's dressed like he's in the eighties, ah, they haven't had time to ship over your uniforms yet. They don't. What? He, nobody has ever been sent to a war and then said, "Sorry, lads, you have to wear your own clothes for a couple of weeks. <laughs> just whatever you're wearing will be fine."
3: It's like school when you forget your PE kit.
4: Yeah, exactly. You just put whatever skins. you got. Yeah, just put the skins in. Yeah, yeah. Just don't worry. Any, I would wear heavier clothes. Just anything that's going to deflect a bullet, like a cardigan. But it wouldn't make it much difference fine. in World War I, though, would it? What, what, well, I mean, bullets are going to get through.
3: Yeah, but I mean, if you're being shot in no man's land, you might as well be naked rather than wearing a top.
4: Well, I think part of it is for the team element of it, going, if you don't know which side you're shooting on. That's okay. true. OK, so that's in a German clothes, that one's in the uh, British clothes. This guy is wearing... What does Reebok mean? Do we shoot him <laughs> or not?
3: Would you, if you were naked in World War I, would you paint yourself, or under your <laughs> costume, would you paint a German uniform? And then <laughs> if you went in no man's land and everything got a bit bad, you could strip off. And they'd be like, oh, don't shoot him, he's German.
4: I'd probably cover myself in mud and then they wouldn't know. The old predator trick. <gasps> That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would just figure out which side I was on and then either it's like, oh, Kartoffelkopf, or... All right, Whatever, I feel the vibe of the trenches.
3: Hmm. <laughs> I'd like to find out how you find out a vibe of a trench. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Jim gets blown back to present-day New York, into yeah, his flat. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, he doesn't get blown back by Biggles. No. <laughs> That's a very bad start for the film. Um, he goes back to work the next day, and he's got a plaster on his head. And I, th- I think
4: this is the day of his big presentation, isn't it? It is the day of his big presentation. Uh, which I'm, I'm still not clear on what the product is.
3: Well, it's a TV dinner, and the, the woman at his work is upset with the cover... Because uh, there's a lady with big boobs on the cover. Yeah. Uh, she oh. says that they're big, stylish and sexy. Or oh, Porkins says this,
4: so he's called Chuck. Wait a minute, Paul, that's Or oh, Porkins from... But it's yes. not actually Porkins from Star Wars, is it? It is. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is.
3: Is it? Yeah, Chuck, the one who keeps eating everything. Is that a Porkins? That's Porkins.
4: Oh, good for him. Yeah, because no he was I an am.
3: American actor who lived in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen him
4: on a bunch of stuff. And I was... This he's is, in Superman 4. He's in Superman 4. And, this and is, Batman. He... Who was he in Batman? Oh, Eckhart.
3: Think about the future. That's right. Where have you
4: been spending going next? This yeah. is by far the worst film he's in. And he's yeah. terrible in Yeah, it. Yeah,
3: yeah. He is really bad in this. He's not given much to do. His role I in this... He, yeah, it's he, like Ricky Gervais has written his part. He's like,
4: you're really fat, right? Yeah. And
3: you eat all the time. And that's your whole character.
2: Yeah.
4: Thanks. He's... he's I think they thought they were writing some funny sort of comic sidekick. And yeah. it is shit... Oh, yeah. it's all shit. This I love because everyone else you have coming on this show, I'm sure it's people with films that they love. Not always, but some affection for this yeah. one. I had affection for thirty years ago, and I've watched it twice to check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, in the last two weeks, yeah, this is fucking shit. <laughs> Everything is wrong about that. Even because it's that first bit I was watching where Porkins comes up, he goes, I got another idea for you. We got a thing where you put it's basically you have a porn star and a snack. Starlet snacks. Starlet snacks. Yeah. And the slogan is Muncha Starlet Tonight. And I think yeah. that's supposed to be a laugh. But that the fucking why also it's a PG. It was advertised on Blue Peter. There's a canalingus joke in the first six minutes. There is. I think it's a... c I don't even get the joke. No. I think it's like it's like you're eating out somebody, but it's actually a pie. Yeah. And
3: it's going to go on the Playboy channel. and it's good.
4: Kids are all over Kids Playboy. Kids love a Playboy yeah.
3: channel. But the, did you notice the cardboard cutouts behind them while they were talking? I bet Arnold a cameo.
4: The other one looked like Carla Lane. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: was wondering if it was Carla Lane.
4: That would be amazing. There's a lot of... I feel like this is part of the reason that funded, they got funding. They got Schwarzenegger, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then later on, there's Clint Eastwood in the back. Yes. This all feels like, like a tax dodge to me. In fact, it is a tax dodge, I know that much.
3: Do you want to see a picture from the set of Biggles? Yeah,
4: yeah. That, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's he playing? You know, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> is he playing Beagles? Yeah, that. Yeah. No. Yeah. That'll yeah. be... Maybe. <laughs> give us cash.
3: <laughs> when when Chuck walks away, Porkins, the, the boss of the place, says, when are we going to drop that mound of shit? Again, this is a
4: children's film. Well, it was the 80s. You could say shit back then. That's that true. is something I miss about kids' films, is that you can't swear as much anymore.
3: But we found out the reason Porkins is there is because his dad... Is the owner of the bank. His, his uncle, his, uncle, his uncle his owns uncle. the bank.
4: Yeah. They've just given them all their money. Oh, it's just plot points on plot points. It's so densely written, this. It's rich. It's rich. Oh. Seems. I will say this about this film. It's, I how David, David Mamet said years ago <laughs> you, there's not many films that wouldn't benefit from having the first 10 minutes cut out. Mm-hmm. Uh, audiences are clever, they'll just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Well, this film is evidence that that's not true. No. Because it feels like there is something missing from the start and the middle. And the end Mm. that would help it immensely. It is a shambles.
3: Yeah. Still, it's fun though, isn't it? You enjoyed it, didn't you? I did. Ah. No, I don't think it's very good. I think it it was more. It's more of a nostalgia thing.
4: It is. It's very. There's lots of
3: things in this film that I realised last night that I often think about without realising it.
4: Oh, really? Yeah. The war. The war. Bloody
3: war. <laughs> also, the bit, not to jump ahead of ourselves too much, but the bit where Porkins has to give away the wedding ring at the end and he opens his bucket. I
4: think that's another bit. Yeah. I, every, I didn't realise. Every time I see somebody getting married, no, yep. I think of that, but I didn't know what it was from. Same. Oh, my God. Yeah.
3: There you go. It's, oh. uh, but Peter Christian comes to his work and yeah. says, did you jump back in time last night? Yes. He says, my name is Commander Raymond. And I was Biggles Superior in 1917 on the Western Front. Did you save him?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I did. The other thing is, at some point it's established that that character, Peter Cushion's character, is 80 years old. Yes. Which means he would have been 12 in 1917. (laughs) Now, that's the show I want to see. That's the movie where Biggles' commanding officer is a 12-year-old boy. It is a period remake of Cop and a Half. Yes. Starring Peter Cushing. Biggles and a Half. Biggles and a Half. Yeah. It's the feel-good comedy of the summer. They did used to take
3: soldiers before they were old enough. Peter Jackson's film told me. But them. they weren't
4: making them commanding officers and they weren't 12 years old. They, they might have been very rich. But they, they, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, they used to
3: buy their um, commissions, didn't they? You might have been a very <laughs> rich... <laughs> what do he you want been for Christmas? Like, a commission to the front, Father? It might have been Lord Snooty from the Beano. <laughs>
4: <laughs> what do you want? Would you, like a, would you like a nice jigsaw or a pony to ride? No, I'd like a commission to the front. Yes. Good boy, Timothy. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It doesn't make sense. It's just another bit of um. Yeah. He says you must song. come
3: to London at once. Here, are my here's my address. The Tower leads. of London. Tower Bridge. Tower Bridge. Yeah. No. Which I still I I went there. Recently with my children. Yeah. And I still think that he might still be living in there.
4: Did you think that? No. Does anyone li- I'm not I'm not from London. No, you're not. Does anyone live in the Tower of, of of the Tower Bridge? No, I don't think so. Right, so that's just another lie. it's a, it's a fantasy. There might be someone living there. Alan Sugars might live in there. or well, do you think it's expensive? Probably. Do you think but like he says in the film, it's quite noisy when the bridge goes up, so I don't yeah. know if that's gonna keep it like South Wales prices. <laughs> might be you've got a lot of your money there
3: yeah I like to think Basil the Great Mouse Detective lives in there
4: yeah but he's I mean he's got he doesn't need the whole place for himself that's true
3: that? I have got a problem with Cushing's house and I'll get to this in a minute but um, first there's a celebrity dinner's big party yeah uh, and uh, the dinners look fucking awful yeah. They really, really do. They've got
4: dry ice coming off of them. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if that was supposed to be their frozen dinners or if they were like going, oh, they look like they've been cooked. Oh, it's dry ice. Look like a-
3: they looked awful. And Hawkins a- eats one of them because he's a funny
4: fat bloke. Because he's a funny fat bloke. He picks up one of the chicken legs and now he's looking and goes, oh, 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 and then puts it back. <laughs> and then he rolls it over. Oh, yeah, because it's-, yeah, it, it's fun. It's just humour, isn't mm. it? Just top comedy. It'd be better writing. if
3: he stuffed it up his ass and started having sex with it. <laughs>
4: Like the other kids' movies we used to enjoy. Like in yeah. goon- Goonies. Yeah. Like,
3: yeah. <laughs> but the lady who they're trying to impress uh, says that the corn on the cob looks like dog
4: puke. How is that possible? Yeah. It's a solid sphere. Mm. Not sphere. What do you call them? Uh, you know, tubes. 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 Yeah. That's never going to look like dog puke. Also, I think they've put in the word dog puke thing in. Kids love the word puke.
3: Yeah. Maybe she meant dog dick.
4: <coughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we run it. And um, dog dick, while logically it makes sense. Kids don't laugh at the word dick. Weird. They love puke. Love puke.
3: Kids laugh at the word penis. Do they? Yeah, my eldest has discovered the word penis, and he thinks it's the funniest word in the world.
4: Really? Yeah. Mine really like winky, the word. Yeah, that's a funny word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you said that.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But in the middle of this celebrity dinner's party, Jim's doing quite well with this lady, not in a sexy term, but in terms of selling over celebrity dinner's... And uh, but unfortunately gets struck by lightning again. And we get you know we were talking about the writing in the film, he's absolutely fucking brilliant. Yeah. Right. He gets sent to Biggle's plane and Biggle says, What are you doing in my plane? And Jim says, I dunno. You
1: again? What the deuce are you doing in my plane? I don't know.
4: Yeah yeah where is there's no degree of look mate I think I'm tripping balls yeah? I'm yeah. Gonna be honest, yeah. yeah I don't know what I'm doing here I don't know who you are what the fuck's going on he just it's just why is he so calm
3: I don't know I don't know
4: because they can't be bothered to write the reality of that character no because what, what would you do if you did you would, you'd freak out yes as opposed to the guy Okay, we're going to do a reconnaissance mission alright but after that I'm going to ask some strong questions
3: I'd start being sick and crying <laughs>
4: yeah yeah which is not as good a movie but no
3: but you need, you need we need to talk about Jim Ferguson. You need someone with a bit more charisma, don't you?
4: Yeah, and I don't know if it's badly written or that. I never saw that actor in anything again, apart from Pretty Woman.
3: Oh, yeah. And the, the Fantastic Four film that no one's allowed to see.
4: Oh, my God. That's where else I've seen him in. Yeah. Oh. He's
3: also Henry Jones Sr. in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, but he's, his scene got cut. So you only see his hand
4: when in that is young. an amazing piece of trivia I thought yeah. I knew everything about Alex and his Heide. dad
3: was Wilfred Hyde
4: White yeah who Chalky White which yeah. is everyone he was brilliant uh, and his son is rubbish
3: yeah for, sorry Alex if you're <laughs> listening <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm so sorry I,
3: I don't think it's his fault I, I think he'd be alright I just think you need someone who's a bit more of a comedian to do this part, I think. Or a
4: hero. He's just yeah. such a, he's sort of good looking in the in that. He looks like a keyboard from a band. Yeah, he does. Not yeah. keyboard, keyboardist.
3: Yeah, not uh, even the singer, just the keyboard. Yeah,
4: he's just the guy yeah. in the back, goes, oh, nice hair, I'm going to ask yeah. for whatever that guy's got. Yeah. But he has got no charisma. He, the character is, I, th- I figure there must be a scene missing from the start of the film where he's clearly a drug addict. Mm. Because he's already unconscious and it's like like a trippy thing. Yeah. But I think he, they just couldn't be bothered to write. Anything because they're like, oh, like, we haven't got time for development of plot or character here. We just need to get to the very expensive aerial fight scene we've already shot. Yeah, and that feels like a very brief scene there where he meets Biggles again. What a cunt! <laughs> but
3: they have a dogfight, which again he's very
4: on board with. Yeah, he's fine with it because also he goes shoot. Now then, I'm pretty sure those old machine guns are more complicated than just point and shoot. You must have yeah. to do something else. He's like, to, I'm nailing this.
3: Yeah, well, he is American.
4: Oh, yeah, satire. They love their guns. They don't do. He? But I've, it's a hundred year old gun, I'm sure. Well, that. It wasn't
3: at the time, though.
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Americans, not only do they love a gun, they know all guns from yeah. the start of time.
3: That's basic storytelling, isn't it?
4: That is, yeah. You don't need to establish anything. As long as, oh, American, he can use a gun. That's fine.
3: But they are going on a reconnaissance mission before they get into the and he, I love
4: he knows what that is as well. We're on mm. a reconnaissance mission. I, I, I would probably have to look that up. I think I'd know. I don't know. If, if I was a coked up oh, food yeah. salesman, yeah. I don't think I'd be like, right, okay, let's do this. Because
3: mm. they're get a picture of the weapon.
4: And that's where they establish the weapon, which is it Makes his massive... plane fly funny. Does it?
3: Yeah. He says, I think I can beat it with altitude. And then he flies up really
4: high and he goes, that fixed it. I guess it's just pointing at him and it's just, you can't, it's like phone signal. You can't get that in a plane. Well, either. we find
3: out later. It's, it's a sound weapon. It's a sound... It's I don't a, know if that means it's like
4: sound... Like, really good. <laughs> the the hand movement you're doing yeah. is so helpful. <laughs> gang it's like, sign. Just uh no, fucking sound. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a sound based weapon. Yeah. I love the fact. This is the thing. It's metal. Yeah. It's so it's grey and it really fits in against the the overcast sky. You can yes. barely see it. Yeah. But what they've done is they've they've put like camouflage netting over it. Yeah. Which makes it considerably more visible.
3: Yes that's the thing about this film is there can be no fucking doubt for a second
4: where this was filmed like Surrey
3: it's overcast all the time there's also, not one piece of sunshine in this film I
4: love all the I think probably every aerial fight scene has a bit in it where it's set in 1970 in 1917 war-torn yeah. Germany I yeah. guess yeah. they're clearly flying over well-populated A-roads yep. in Surrey yep. I think I saw a Dixon's van going past at one point <laughs> It they it it's so cheap. This film yeah. and on both sides, it's there's their air base is literally just a field that they probably haven't even rented. They've just gone quick fucking just get the planes in here. We got to shoot quick before the farmer gets angry at us mm-hmm. again. And it's often just a couple of planes, one like a catering tent that they put up with a bit of camouflage and one like authentic vehicle that they've rented. It's such a cheap film. Yeah, if it gives it a dreamlike quality because it's like this yeah. doesn't feel real at all.
3: No, no, absolutely. And I was reading that the, the, the filmmakers of this film, they had the rights to Biggles in the 70s. Yeah. And they wanted to make an authentic Biggles film. And yeah. Th- and then they were going to do it like Indiana Jones, which yeah. I think might have been quite interesting because he's kind of that sort of anyway. Yeah. And then they saw Back to the Future and were like, time travel.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Scrap that, we're doing this. It's a good thing it wasn't a couple of years later. And, and like, right, Dirty Dancing's the bigot this year. Right, scrap this. Biggles, uh, r- write this down. Biggles pays for a friend's abortion. Right, go film that.
3: <laughs> Biggles Havana Nights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they, th- this is the weird thing as well. The music in this is by a guy called Stanislas. Right. Who is, a I think, it was Stanislas Cyrix. Sheesh. So you've looked him up. I have. He's a Russian fella. Right. But I liked his mysterious name. It just said music by Stanislas, which sounds like a clone. Yeah. Um, but there's a bit in this which suggests that Jim and Biggles love each other. Right. Because then when they land from the mission, this beautiful little romantic piano piece starts playing. Yes. And I thought, are they going to
4: get off? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: But they don't, because every time... The great thing about this film, the way it's directed, you know when he's going to jump back in time. Because it's always when the scene's basically reached this natural conclusion and Jim's just standing there like a spare prick. Yeah, He's like, yeah. Um, uh, and it goes... And he gets sent back to the future.
4: It is, it is a glorious thing about this, is that they can just go, right, we haven't figured out how to get into this scene. Ah, fuck it. Yeah. He, he just goes somewhere else. Yep. Um, that that's the, that is the only. I know the scene you're talking about. It's it's lovely classical, almost like it's yes. almost quite John Barry. It music, gets used bit. later yeah.
3: for the love theme between yeah. Maria
4: and Riggs. because that's because they land near the nunnery, don't they? Yeah. In that bit. So it's it's that's the theme of the nunnery. The nunnery theme. Um, but that's the only good piece of music mm-hmm. in the entire apart film. from Chocks Away, of right? Which we will <laughs> fucking get to. Which is the worst piece of music ever recorded, certainly for film, but probably in general. Yeah it is demented
3: i am gonna i'll I'll insert it as it were later so people can hear it at home god because it is on youtube thankfully
4: oh thank god yeah
3: Uh, but just as jim is thinking wow i like being biggles friend he gets sent back to the celebrity dinner party yeah celebrity dinners party i should say and uh, he's covered in mud which he wasn't a minute ago and he's all like oh yeah and he's
4: basically ruined the party well, he hasn't. I mean, because he looks like he's been electrocuted. Yeah. There are a million ways. People seem to be blaming him. You ruin this by vanishing. Pro- I don't know if it's like for the full period of it. He probably just wouldn't have from- even
3: vanished, would he? He went behind a screen. And he, he went behind a screen
4: and he comes out covered in shit. Yeah. And it, nobody's going to blame him. It's like something terrible happened in there and he looks fairly distressed. Let's not put this on him. Yeah. Let's ask, is everything all right, mate?
3: Actually, as it turns out later on, we find out that they bought loads of them anyway. It was a successful party.
4: Oh, that's right. So yeah. it, went, it went well, so it doesn't matter. There so was maybe he added to the atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, do you see that thing he does? He goes behind a script. I love that as an act. Yeah. you got to see this fella. You've got to get him for your next product launch. He goes behind a thing, shits himself, comes back out. He has not... We sold 10,000 units then and there. Yeah, that's what happened. He can only do one show a night. Yeah. But, oh, what a show. Yeah. Before the internet, you see, wasn't he? isn't it he? Yeah. Yeah, it's because before the internet. That's that's all we had with just people shitting themselves behind things. Simpler times. It was simpler times. IT. That's ITV what used they thought
3: to Tommy Cooper had done, isn't it, when he when he died. <laughs> <laughs> He's shit himself again. Oh, oh no. He's
4: fucking filled that Fez. What a show.
3: Uh, but he runs away from Debbie, his girlfriend. Yeah. Says, I'm going to London.
4: And she says, Do you want to come with me? No. No.
3: Do, stay away from me. Stay away from me. I like the way he keeps saying to it. It's personal. Which makes it sound like he's he's growing another
4: penis or something. uh, Yeah, it's yeah. I, I keep shitting myself behind things.
1: What would happen if you got a comedian in a room, you open their Amazon account, and you look back at everything they've ever bought on that website? Well, this. Because I was consuming so much peanut butter, I decided to try and get a powdered version that wasn't as fattening. Uh, your handwriting can change your life. I regret this book. <laughs> I regret this book. Keep Calm and Love Dom Jolly, Novelty keyring yeah, and I love Fridge that. Magnets. Yeah, I love yes. that. I do have
2: that on my fridge. Four pounds
1: you spent on that. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster, available now from Great Big Al.
0: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part, they're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing.
3: But we cut to Tower Bridge, number 1A. Yeah. And there is no fucking way, this is what I'm coming back to from earlier, that Peter Cushion can get him down those stairs. Well, he doesn't have to. And ladders.
4: He doesn't have to because, as we know, he's got the ropes. He can parasail down every... (sighs) He's got
3: two ropes. He's got
4: two ropes. Yeah.
3: One for coming down, one for going up. One for going up, yes. Yeah.
4: A stanner rope. Still probably couldn't do it, though, could he? Don't know, but I want to see it. Fragile old man.
3: Jesus. He'd fall apart halfway down like a doll.
4: But Why? Because it's very low impact. As long as he's got good, thick gloves, it's going to be a lot easier than going down the stairs. True. Yeah.
3: All right, well, that explains that, then. Yeah. He says to him in a really
4: scary way, this is my lair. This is my lair, as I call it. Yeah. Well, what do other people call it? Where are the boys? Come on. Yeah. Where are they? Oh, lads. Under the floorboards.
3: (laughs) The thing is, you could successfully murder people there because you could kill them, open the window, fling them into the Thames. Oh yeah. yeah, it's the perfect place to murder people. Yeah,
4: people do trust the creepy old Welsh grandmother too much in this. They do because I, because at no point does he say does he offer any proof for what he's saying. It's like time travel is a thing. I'm uh, I was in World War um, One and I live in a uh, in a tower. <laughs> Drop by whenever. What if right? What if tipping this on its head? What
3: if Peter Cushing knew? Right. If Germany won World War I, World War II wouldn't have happened. And he'd have saved millions of lives. <coughs> and what if it was him being a oh. really horrible pro-Nazi? God, that would be an amazing third act twist. Wanting World War II to happen. You have War.
4: given this more thought than anyone who worked on the yeah, scripted. Yeah. You're right. As a result of this, World War II happens. Yeah. Millions more die. Yeah. Needless.
3: Just let Germany win. Just because, you know, someone got hungry and shot an ostrich. Uh, Baldrick. Sorry. Um, but he Jim wants answers.
4: Yeah, and thank God he gets them. Hmm. I mean, there's nothing. More. What's going on? Well, what is it he say? Time travel is not unknown in history. That's right. Yes, it is. Yeah, it just, just because you're saying it <laughs> with a wise old man voice. It's, uh, would, uh, he's right there, mate. What? he goes? No, it, ha- it is much more common than anyone believes. No, it's not. No,
3: it's not, mate. Do you think Peter Cushing rung Alec Guinness and went, you know you got that Star Wars part, right? I've got a part like that now. Yeah. And what are you doing? Biggles Adventures in Time. All right. It's going to be a
4: trilogy. I don't think he thought it was going to be a fucking trilogy. <laughs> Nobody really thought it was going to be a trilogy. It's the new Star Wars. He is, I think he said, you know that piece of shit you were in and <laughs> you were making fun of it the entire time you were in it? Hmm. Yes. I'm in fucking something worse. <laughs> I reckon they were sitting in a pub, probably down in Soto, just yeah. going, I'm in a bigger piece. I think they were in a competition about who was in the biggest piece of shit. Then Ralph Richardson turns up and goes, remember, I was in Rollerball. Yeah. yeah all right, fair yeah. enough, you're red. Right. Harsh on Rollerball. I think he would have thought Rollerball was a piece of
3: shit. Yeah. Then, um, uh, what's his fellow, uh, Lawrence Olivier, would have come in, said, I just did uh, Wild Geese 2.
4: How's it Ooh. going? <laughs> Who's buying the rounds tonight, Ed? <laughs> you won that one. <laughs> and also, when I die, I've sold. I've told them they can put me in last action hero. Fuck you all. Oh yeah, because of his wife. That's right. She was. That, she's a teacher. Weird. Yeah, she's the teacher. Yeah, Joan Plowright. The lovely Joan Plowright. Dame Plowright to you. <laughs> to me. What is she to you? Joan. Oh, I see. <laughs> she's Alan Plowright to me. Yeah. Playwright. I don't know why I said that.
3: Uh, But what I forgot to mention was when Jim got sent back from the past to the future, he was holding the photo that Biggles had taken. That's right. Of the weapon. Yeah. Sounds like a dick pic. (laughs) Uh, So he gives it to Cushing who says, I'll get it developed. It's going to take it to Boots, I guess. Yeah,
4: yeah. You've forgotten the part where he says, is it something to do with this? Why is this happening to me? Yeah. And Peter Cushing says, you and Biggles are time twins. That's right. And then Jim says, Time Twins! Time travel is not unknown in history. There's evidence that it happens more often than anyone suspects. Yeah, but
1: why me? I don't know the why of it, only that it happens. Well, how can I keep on eating Biggles then? No, as to that, I think Biggles is your time twin. Time twin?
0: Listen, you got anything stronger than tea? And that's all he says.
4: Not. But please, get, would you like to hear more? Please explain. Um, this is ah, it's like time twin. Damn it, my cousin had that shit. I hate being time twins, and that's it. That is the last thing it's even brought up about why this time travel thing is happening.
3: And also, you thought the comment "this is my lair," as I call it, was ominous. He then produces a giant bag and says, "The time has come for action." <laughs> What's
4: in that bag? Why is that vibrating? Lube.
3: Have a cup of lube in there and a boy. Who's this Moroccan lad? Uh, anyway, but what he's given him is a World War I uniform and an Uzi. And an Uzi? <laughs> and, an Uzi.
4: <laughs> and a bayonet. I just had these lying around. And he says, dress up like... I oh, he didn't tell him. I j- he just says, you know what to do with that, I yeah. assume. And then Jim goes and sits in his hotel room, dressed like a World War I soldier with an Uzi and a bayonet.
3: And he says, you must make sure Germany don't win the war, otherwise you will be stuck in 1917 as a
4: time orphan. <laughs> Which is What? you're not you're just a bloke trapped in time yeah you're not an orphan no that suggests you've got no parents yeah that's not how it works is it they just they under this thing they just they seem to have an idea that anything sounds cooler with the word time before it yeah time twin fucking brilliant time Mm. orphan brilliant yeah
3: Yeah. time piss flaps (laughs)
4: I mean that's it, it? I and mean, yeah, yeah. that's what you've done is prove that it's not everything it's not just everything just no. orphans and twins
3: but Jim calls Debbie and uh, the dinner as we said earlier was a success uh, and um, Porkins suddenly says that he sounds stressed and that he's probably gone mad and he's bought a book on it
4: Diseases of the
3: Mind that's right and then this is the bit that I, I, I the time travel I can accept right up to a point yeah but then the boss the quite sort of rugged looking boss with the beard yeah Debbie says, I'm going to go to London. And he says, I'll come with you. She says, no, no, no. You need to stay here to do the deal.
4: I'll take Chuck. Yeah. Why would you take him with you? Because he's the comic for... He's so funny. People Mm. make fun of... Oh, but isn't he sweet and lovely? He's a dick. He's a... Should have been Mike McShane. Why is that character even in it? Comic relief. But it's not a relief. I genuinely get stressed every time he comes up. Yeah. And, And then he... Well, later on he's, he's got this idea none of it's established either that no. he has an interesting mental health or anything or like that, that he
3: loves Debbie and oh, Nothing. doesn't want Jim to be with it's her it's just like
4: it just, uh, every morning it just uh, try and remember you're a dick okay mm. that's my only note for you today
3: you need to have a subplot here that he loves Debbie yeah and doesn't want Jim to be with her because he would explain his actions later yeah
4: but no none of it makes sense it just reminds me you've heard the story of Rob Reiner every morning uh, when he was doing Misery would just walk up to James Carn and say okay now in this scene you're in bed. And let's go. And he would just do it every morning as a joke. And it feels like they've just done this to this guy. Okay, just trying to remember, you're a cunt. Mm. Okay,
3: yeah, let's go. Yeah. Uh, but then the cleaner comes in and catches him dressed as a World War One soldier. Yeah. And starts laughing, because I bet she's seen
4: worse. I know. Yeah. That, that may be my worst scene in this. It was just, she just laughs. In his face. In his face. But he is, again, as we've just established, he has an Uzi. hmm there's nothing f- funny about what she's just seen. No, it's quite worrying. Yeah, it's quite. What well, you don't you don't laugh? You go, okay. I'm just gonna leave you alone. Obviously, I have to call the police now. You understand? Yeah, yeah I've got a gun. Yeah. So I don't know why I'm laughing. Probably a nervous laughter.
3: This was a. Pr- this was before Michael Ryan, though. Who's Michael Ryan? He's the guy who did the Hungerford massacre.
4: So, so was, I don't know all these an... English facts. What's the? Um, What's which the Hungerford? The, which massacre? one was the Hungerford massacre? That's
3: the one where the bloke walked around the town of Hungerford with a machine gun and shot everybody. Right. So this is innocent times where you could have a Uzi in a hotel and it would be funny. When did that happen? Eighty-seven.
4: Oh, so the year after. Yeah. So it's like so this guy in nineteen eighty-seven. He goes, I wasn't going to do this, but then Biggles was a hit. Yeah.
3: He got first blood, got
4: blamed, but it was Biggles. It was yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Oh, it's, it's, uh, I've never heard of that English massacre. No. Well, Where'd you, you get wouldn't. a machine gun in England? Well, you could buy them then. What? What
3: for? You could get a gun license and own an automatic weapon.
4: But what for? Exactly, they
3: got, could, got banned after
4: that. Because we we got shotguns. Everyone's got a shotgun in Wales, but that's for mm. the rats and other Welshmen. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> second homeowners from Shropshire, to be honest. But um, <laughs> but we never we don't need a machine gun. No. One shot. That's all we need.
3: Yeah, I I say right. We should get rid of guns
4: well, from everywhere. Everywhere, like I said, we've got pretty big rats. What do we, can what we, do we keep need guns them? for? Can we keep them in mid-wheels? No. Why? You could use a they're hammer. They're really... F- you can't. They're fast, those rats. Get a big hammer. Well, that's a car. Oh, yeah, we could do that as Bow well. Bow and Easy. arrow? Um, we are not very good shots. All right. Well, you, you can have guns, then. Thanks. Yeah. Welsh guns. Those blunderbusses. Also, but I, you know what? You're right. We don't need guns. We, no. are, we are pretty threatening without a gun. I don't yeah. know if you've been out in Cardiff on a Friday night, but uh. nobody needs a gun. They'll, they'll kick the shit out of you. I don't like... Wales at night. Have you been to Wales at night? I have. Oh, you oh, you were a did not. Oh, oh, That's well, not the same. I come went to Swansea. Oh, how was that? Tell me everything. It, it was a bit yeah. weird. Define weird. Was it terrible? Were you scared?
3: Noisy, very noisy.
4: You'd be very polite, are not you? Yeah. What happened? Somebody vomited in front of you and hurled was, a brick. Lots of shouting at you. Just generally outside a pub. But you, I mean, I've heard people shout in London. Yeah, but they don't do it in Welsh. Oh, is that the concern? Yeah. Oh, you don't know what they're saying? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to assure you it wasn't going to be nice. Hmm. Um, I love but Welsh people are only threatening to English people who don't know what we're saying. What Ooh. we're saying is very funny. Yeah, I'm sure it is. It's I, I maintain that every villain should be uh, Welsh in, yes. in films because we have a way of being both funny and threatening. Now, I know there's a lot, but like Alan Rickman in like, Die Hard, he's funny at times, he's also threatening. The Welsh are the only people who can do both at the same time, We're, right? Because I think we talked about this last time. Yeah. Welsh dads yeah. are very threatening, yeah. And my, I suddenly reminded me of this. My my friend's dad was doing this thing. He was he was cutting up wood in his garden, and he was just throwing it into the road over the over the you know what on an A road yeah. over the wall of his fence. Jesus and Christ. eventually he was because he didn't need it anymore. He's so like fuck him. He checks it over, and eventually it's a Saab or something. And the the owner of the Saab gets out and he goes you there? English, in my imagination, is right, English. Right. Is there something wrong with you? And and my friend's dad just picked up a massive piece of wood and yeah, yeah, be something wrong with you in a minute. I, and that to me cracks me up. Mm. That's threatening and funny, at the same time. Yeah. It's sweet. they would be a
3: good bad in you know, a Hollywood an action movie.
4: Yeah. There aren't Welsh bad guys, are there? No. Right. I can't think of any Welshman. Hopkins is Nixon, but that's not quite the same. If he played it Welsh. If he played it Welsh. You fucking won't have me to push around no more. <laughs> what? I'm off, mate.
3: Ewan Griffith, whatever he's called. Ewan Griffith?
4: Yeah. Are oh, you struggling with that one every time? I he? do.
3: I don't know. It's, it's pronounced. He's a goodie, though. He needs to play. He, he never plays Welshman.
4: No, he doesn't, does he? Oh, he no. was in uh, that Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that wasn't special effects. No. People don't know that about the Welsh.
3: It's because he grew up near... Um,
4: Uh, (laughs) yes that makes you very elastic very stretchy
3: Um, so Jim decides I'm I'm, I'm dressed ridiculously I'm going to go put on another one bites the dust by Queen and shave in the nude
4: I thought he was wearing a jumper in that scene as well he's probably 80s hairy man very
3: hairy and he's listening to another one bites the dust suddenly he gets struck by lightning but as he does he picks up his towel and then he ends up in a nunnery
4: Oh with you with a low camera angle you can really see up his you can balls. see
3: he's wearing pants I looked last night but you can Did see you? Oh
4: somebody got the blue ray? Oh nice. Mm. You couldn't make it out on a DVD. I watched it on a stream. Did you really? Not a river. But, yeah, but you can see
3: you can see his if you, if you wanted to you could have a look.
4: Uh everyone going looking out. We yeah. we'll wait.
3: We'll wait for you to come back. Uh, but it turns out they're 10 miles behind enemy lines. Algi finds him and Ginger and uh, Bertie, whatever their fucking names are, they come in and start questioning, who are you? What are you doing here? You're an American, aren't you? And he says, I'm uh, American Secret Service
4: Special Mission. He's finally learned to fucking lie. Yeah. And then goes, Biggles no, comes ca- in. I keep telling people, I'm, I'm a catering guy. Oh, fuck, just lie it. And yes, Biggles comes fun. in
3: and goes, release him. Hello, Jim. Whatever he says. Thanks for wanking me off that <laughs> night. You've saved a 100 men now how would you like to save a thousand by letting me fuck you (laughs) Uh, anyway uh, but yeah they're in the uh, 10 miles behind enemy lines and he says we're going to go and uh, meeting a contact here who's going to give us uh, important information and he says yeah but first I need to get dressed so of course they give him a nun's uniform
4: yeah just, which is the Bond? Obviously, the, the, the actually Bond never dressed him in drag, did he? Just, no, he dressed just as does, a clown once. He dressed as a clown. Yeah. Um,
3: but the, the the contact he's meeting is a lady called Marie, a French yep. woman,
4: and it's the waitress from a lower low. Well, the whole I've written down the whole film for the next fifteen minutes turns into a lower low. Hello. Yeah, it's so there's that there's uh, listen, Gary, I'll tell you only once, and mm-hmm. then von Stahlheim turns up, who is just he. The, who's obviously the German band yeah. guy? Is he Baron von Starline or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah. What is that with old movies as well? Why have you got to be a Baron to be a German pilot? Because
3: there was the famous Red Baron.
4: But did you? But was
3: it? Was he a Baron? I think I don't think he was a real. Maybe yeah, but he was. Yeah, Baron von Tinkerhoffen. So
4: Hello, I'm here for the role of the, the, yeah, the, the, the war pilot.
3: This, okay. is, this Are you
4: Are you a Baron? Uh, no, I'm just a viscount. I'm, I'm Keith. Read the fucking uh, job application. We need barons. The fuck off. From Keith Baron, from uh, from, <laughs>
3: from duty free.
4: From duty free. Can you fly a plane? I'm a big fan. Yeah, can.
3: I have to have sex with Gwen Taylor though while I'm doing it.
4: Well, it's not a big plane, but see <laughs> if we can do when you're down on the ground.
3: <laughs> the bad. Did you notice who the bad is in this It's Stalin.
4: Uh, I recognise him from like everything, but I don't. He's know. an Army of Darkness as the um, oh, that's the knight. who he is. That's right. Yes. Probably He's, a- by the way, if I may, he is awful as well. He's, He's just this pretty, but again, not well served by the script. Actually, he actually does the dialogue that. It, uh, oh, finally, Biggles, we meet. We meet at last,
3: Mister Biggles.
4: The, the two legends of the sky meeting for the last time, for the first time? <laughs> Take him away. I would like to shoot you in the head. So sad that I can't shoot you, but it will just... Uh, with firing squad.
3: I can tell you are scared by your long feces. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but so it's Marie from... Uh, it's a low, a low. B- it, Biggles loves death. her. He
4: does, and he's never explained why. No. it's so. You, it, Didn't she already fuck him over once? Isn't it like, a yeah. long backstory explained Algie very quickly?
3: She fucked over Biggles, but she also fucked over the Germans. So if either of them are quite happy to get hold of them... Get hold of her and shoot her.
4: Exactly. And they should be really angry but they you shouldn't trust her at all. No. But he's right like, what it is though is she's an absolute tremendous bit of guat. So <laughs> we've let it go. She does. Yeah. I won't go there.
3: Um so then the thing is, right, my problem at this point is the combo of action, time travel and the word biggles feels incongruous. Right. Uh it's like sort of making Thomas the tank engine a exploitation thriller. Right, it just feels incongruous that everyone's saying "biggles" because at one point Jim later on says, "Biggles, let's kick some ass."
4: Yeah, you mean the the word "biggles" word feels biggles. so inherently ridiculous because it feels yeah.
3: to me like it's just very British and posh. Well, it is.
4: Yeah, I think this. I mean, this whole film is a fantasy of what they think post-Brexit Britain's going to be anyway. Yeah, well, World War One. We're friendly. Yeah, it's, it's like we're going to go back to this. <laughs> yeah, just it'll just be us, the Americans. We can make fun of the Germans again.
3: Hello, hello, come back.
4: A lower low, low good. Have you heard this thing? Johnny Depp is obsessed with a lower lower. Yes. Minute. What? Okay. Good. I mean, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's shit, isn't it? Oh,
3: I used to really like it. I'm sorry. That's fine. I'd probably still enjoy watching it. I had a huge affection for it.
4: You. I get the sense you still you you. Being a grown up hasn't changed your opinion of things you loved when you were a kid.
3: No. No. Even when I watch them, even though I know they're shit, I still quite enjoy the feeling.
4: Because you get the feeling of being a child again. Yeah. Okay. And you're getting this from Biggles? A little bit. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. But I don't think it's very good. Okay. Well, it's not.
3: Yeah. No. I think it's actually worse than Superman Four. Uh
4: yeah. Because I I've heard there's a good film buried in Superman Four. Yeah. Or, or cut out from Superman Four. Yeah. Whereas I I know with this film, they everything they shot they had to use because mm-hmm. the budget on this was seven million <sighs> in 1985, That's which awful. is fifteen million today, and Jesus. they were trying to start a big budget franchise with that. And it, if I mean, they can't afford anything that looks like an airbase. They can't afford anything that feels like a special effect. They have to use that one song five times, plus the other one chocks away, which I will haunt mm. me forever. Yeah, yeah. And it, but it makes you happy. At least it's mercifully short. I'll say that about it. It's yes, one hour
3: thirty-two minutes, and that's with credits. So. That's with credits. Yeah. One
4: twenty-nine. You're out. Yeah.
3: So that's not. That's one of the things it's got going for it. it. I mean, you never get bored. You haven't got time to get bored. No. But Marie has a map to the weapon. <laughs> you stupid Biggles. Uh, but then the Germans arrived and surround the convent.
4: Well, let's let's ease back. They don't oh. surround the convent. There's no. eight of them. There's eight of them, yeah. But they stand they, round it. They stand around it yeah. at about 30 feet away from each other and hope nobody sneaks through. But
3: Biggles decides the best course of action at this point is to surrender.
4: Yep. Strategic genius.
3: And... Um, Jim, because he's dressed as a nun, he's able to kind of file out with no one noticing him.
4: <laughs> he's, not a, he's got a five o'clock shadow. Why didn't they all dress like fucking nuns?
3: I don't know. That's a good point.
4: I suppose Algie's got a moustache. Well, he's the one who's fucked. Yeah. We, we, Literally. Algie, I'm so sorry. We told you about the moustache. We, You you know what they tell you in basic training? Don't wear a moustache in case you have to disguise yourself as a beautiful nun. Watch out for that
3: bear. It's going to have sex with you. And, <laughs> why
4: hasn't it happened? They could all be disguised as nuns and the movie's over.
3: But also, when Biggles is brought before Stalin, he does say the line, um, I would rather finish you myself in the air. Yeah, that's right. I like that line because it brings up a lovely image (laughs) of him wanking him off at 30,000 feet.
4: Do you know how this this works? Yeah, yeah, it's fully automatic. Yeah.
3: (coughs) But they put before a firing squad, but Jim has a brilliant idea because he still somehow got his shaver. Yeah. And he th- turns it on and throws it and shouts grenade,
4: yeah. which is a good idea, I think. Nope, No? No, because he, he turns it on and he goes, V-v-v. there are grenades in this film and none of them look or sound like a razor. Everyone's going to look down on that and go, I don't think that's a grenade. He's from the future, though. He could have thrown a nun and said grenade and it's as convincing looking <laughs> a grenade as that razor. Is it? They both don't look like a grenade. <laughs> I mean, they're probably going to be more able to quickly identify a thrown nun than a chucked razor, but other than that...
3: Look, the script at this point is trying. (laughs) Give it
4: two points. As we get further into this, there's going to be a lot more of you going,
3: look. (laughs) (laughs) It's trying. It's trying something. Do you know this... How upset would you be if he threw a nun and shouted (laughs) grenade?
4: I'd be exactly as upset as him that he's thrown a razor and gone grenade. Okay, okay. Because she could have be been wearing, like, a body vest or something. Oh, this is one of those suicide nuns. And, oh. and all the gentlemen go, oh, not a source, and not not run. Uh, but a little razor, it could be anything. Could be. But, but it, it works. works. Yeah, that's the important thing.
3: And Jim is sent back to present day hilariously dressed as a nun, just as Debbie oh. and uh, Chuck arrive at his hotel room.
4: Again, this is going to be something that I, I keep saying, no, this is my worst scene. Yeah. She knocks on the door, let us in. No, no, please let us in. And he opens the door dressed as a nun.
3: It's personal. I told as you. As
4: opposed to going, give me a minute. My dick's out. Yeah, I've just been in the shower, not dressed as a nun. Yeah, it's just this forced comedy.
3: And then he says, "I told you, it's personal," which now suggests that he's a transvestite. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. That's the joke. Yeah, and that's, that's the... what Chuck says. He's a, transvestite he's a religious ben transvestite. Robert. Bank robber because he sees the gun as well. Oh, I love yeah, that they're more yeah. concerned about the fact he's wearing a dress and he's got a gun. Yeah, but that, again, American. Uh, so
3: you. Chuck, caught this bit confusing. He calls for an ambulance. He goes down to the reception and he calls for an ambulance to take Jim away for having a gun and a yeah. nun costume. Yeah. And then says, "I'm a doctor."
4: Why? Yeah. This, why does that happen? And he's so smug about it. He's like, mm. "Oh, like a phone. I know what I'm going to do." Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he dubs him in. To, but not the police, to the hotel receptionist. Or yes. not even the receptionist, the woman in the, the phone bank.
3: Yeah, the, uh, the like operator.
4: Yeah, the operator.
3: But at this point, Jim and Debbie have gone for a walk.
4: Uh, yeah, they've just gone for a lovely walk. So it's walk. confusing because that yeah. suggests that they're still...
3: Because they do start having a chat at the hotel room.
4: And then he calls in and they've gone for a walk. Yeah, at this point the editing goes for a fucking... Yeah. Me, it, wait, wait, I've written it down because she says something. She, he's trying to explain to her. Oh yeah, he says I'm I'm travelling through time. I keep leaping back to oh, oh, can't say that copyright. I'm fl- I'm sh- going back to tw- uh, 1917 for some reason, mm. and she goes okay. And he goes, you believe me? Sure. If you if you say so, that's fine. And hmm. then it cuts back to Chuck scene for like thirty seconds. Then it cuts back to Debbie and Jim, and they're rowing because there's there's someone who can help us in Tower Bridge. And he goes, "Don't you're talking crazy. Tower Bridge. You need help. Like, yeah. wait a minute. So time travel's fine. Mm. but You don't believe that anything could be both a tower and a bridge. Yeah. Oh, you poor woman.
3: She's not from round. She's not from London like you. You <laughs> no. didn't know about Tower Bridge, did you?
4: Well, I heard of it. Yeah. I believe in it. Have you been there? Uh, probably I've yeah. seen it I've mm. driven past it mm. so you know I can vouch for it being there okay good I'm glad you're here <coughs> otherwise people think I was crazy
3: <laughs> when they get back to the hotel Chuck has, has called the police but when they get there Chuck is being dragged out of the hotel with a gun in his face yeah where did that come from and he's going ah oh, what are you doing I'm not crazy Why? there's a scene been cut there, there's a, there's there?
4: well there's a scene that was never shot yeah yeah it feels like I'm not saying I want the three-hour director's cut of Biggles, no. But I feel you do get the sense that they—they not everything was done, yeah. Because they, you know, they had to shoot this really quick because they were getting a government subsidy to get all the money for it on a on a scheme. Right. The reason this film exists is because of Margaret Thatcher. Right. Because there was this thing in, that had happened in the '40s, the way British filmmakers would get this subsidy from uh, this levy on ticket sales. Yeah. And. At some point in 85, they said, it's not really working anymore, so we're going to scrap it at this date. And the Biggles people went, fuck, we need to go into production now. But the script's only a third finished. Fuck you, I'm renting a plane now. <laughs> we're making this. Yeah. And so it's obviously very cheap, very quickly produced. I wonder if it was the last one. It would have been around one of the last ones. If there's, wow. if there's probably a bunch of films from the mid-80s British ones that were rusting into production. It explains a lot about mid-80s British it's films. It's
3: this and The Boys in Blue. Um but yeah, when they go back to the hotel, Chuck is being arrested and they're about to run away when lightning strikes again. But Debbie jumps on him as he gets struck by lightning and is sent back with him to the trenches of World War One. Yeah. But she doesn't believe it.
4: No. What does does she say? She says something like, Why does this kind of tell me this is a dream? Or, oh, so they were, they were in a trench in World War One, and she yeah. says, is this a dream? Jim, tell me you set this up. Yeah. What kind of demented fucker is she's coming back? So, Debbie, where have you been? Well, Jim took me to France. <laughs> was it nice? It was a little war-torn. <laughs> but it was nice. Who the fuck is the first good Yeah, this looks like a prank. Hmm.
3: Probably, maybe I thought it was like a jackass. Yeah. You
4: know? Down, Okay, I'm I'm Johnny Knoxville. Today we're pretending this woman is in Ypres.
3: Because there is a bit at the end. I don't know if you noticed where uh, Steve-O comes running out. <laughs> yeah, with and his his he pants. nails and puts a nail into his bell end. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh,
4: Beedle comes out,
3: and then yeah, be, yeah, Beedle. He comes out of the Jamaican uh, traffic no, warden. No.
4: <laughs> Now, now, Debbie, uh, you thought that we had literally plunged you through time to one of the bloodiest times in history. How do you feel? Don't shake my hand.
3: And then you get a little picture of her in the box in the corner laughing. Yeah,
4: laughing. Yeah, oh, I can't believe I was that terrified of war. I was more scared of your hand,
3: though. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, this is the bit. Of, again, when you hear an American saying the word, it just sounds so weird because Jim says, yo, Biggles. Yo, yeah. Yo, Biggles. Mind telling me the plan? And he's got this map, and they're going to go through these caves to find the weapon. Yeah. But when they get in the caves, some Germans are in there. Now, they're establishing a whole point through these caves. You know, be careful. They're very precarious, these caves. As soon as some Germans turn up, Biggles starts throwing grenades in there. Yeah.
4: I guess maybe it's the Germans making it precarious. Yeah. The caves Mm -hmm. themselves, they're tight, but the Germans are a problem.
3: But when they get out to the... the, uh, with the, the weapon is, yeah. which is actually the uh, Becton Gasworks, yeah. where they made full metal jacket. Where they made full metal
4: jacket and the Bond one yes. for, your eyes for your only, eyes on only. The helicopter, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: with Blofeld, yeah, Delicatessen and stainless steel.
4: This is the only part of the movie that is actually good. Yes, it's, it actually is quite sinister. Yeah, it helped a lot by that, by Becton Gasworks looking, looking really quite creepy and broken and sinister.
3: But Jim says this place looks like it's been nuked. He yeah. says, "What does what does what does that mean?" He goes, "It's a uh, it's an American word for uh, overreact." Yeah. What?
0: Looks like this town is nuked. Nuked? What's that? It's American slang word. It means to overreact.
3: This place looked like it's overreact.
4: Yeah. Dickhead. Also, is that is that supposed to be a pun as well? Like reactor? Oh, reactor? maybe maybe this was the year work. of Chernobyl. It was. I mean, I, I don't know if it, they probably just watched the news about Chernobyl, and they're like, "Ah, nu- you know what? Time travel and nuclear death are yeah. really hot right now." Yeah, Literally, yeah, yeah.
3: But they, they, they. Did you read as well that one of the first choices they had to play Biggles was Dudley Moore? Oh
4: my God! How I know. Fucking uh, terrible would that have been? Are you out of your mind? That would be. That's the movie I want to see. Oh really? I've Pete Anders doing it. Oh well, yeah. That would no, be amazing. <laughs> Uh, what you're going to do there, Dadley? <laughs> you think you might uh, you know, take on the sound uh, sound machine? Yeah, I thought I might just, uh, you know, save uh, save you from the hand of German oppression. That's a very good idea, there, Dudley, yeah.
3: What is it about Welsh people doing good impressions of Peter Cook? Why? Who else does it? Rhys Fans. Oh yeah. He did that not know. only not
4: al- not always, but sometimes. It not was only, called. but but uh, yeah, not only, but always. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's just us two.
3: It's just you and him. Yeah. Do you, are you two mates? No, we
4: have mutual friends we've never met.
3: I thought you might know each other because you're both from. We don't
4: all know each other. You're racist. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All Welsh people look the same to me. I'm so sorry. Sorry, they just do. Um, They should go back to the jungles or wherever they're from. You have rabbits or something, don't you? Yes.
3: Yeah. Um, But the the weapon is about to be set off, and they get. Boringly captured by Germans, and then there are these dummies tied to poles yeah. to test the weapon. And um, they're about to be put inside this big metal igloo. And as they're about to be put in, Jim says, the Ceramic tiles, just like the space shuttle.
4: How does he know all this? He's, that's, there's that one, and also in the previous scene, he's just beat the fuck out of a bunch of well trained German soldiers. Yeah, he has. Again, he is a frozen food executive.
3: I'm sorry to break this to you. He's a time twin. So he's probably oh, yeah. inherited some of Biggle's powers. As
4: anyone knows, a time twin is given the powers of understanding space shuttle technology and the ability to fight. Any fool knows that?
3: i do, I, I have to put on a wise voice to tell you this, but it's a lot more
4: common than you think. <laughs> I'd love it if they just... Because the thing is, if they had just gone to the trouble of, of just making any m- bullshit mythology up, mm. I would have been fine with it. Mm. I would I'd be like, that's fine. As long as I feel they've made the effort, rather than go, you're a bunch of dumb 80s cunts. Just, yeah, time twin, swallow it and fuck off, right? <laughs> We've just shot a bunch of very expensive aerial photography, and if you think we're going to waste our fucking time by giving you a sensible plot, get fucking shitted, right? Margaret Thatcher's just taking away our money. Watch the film. We've made a fucking Blue Peter for you, you little pricks. Watch the film. Watch the fucking film. <laughs> Sorry, is this at me? or This is uh, the people of the 80s. Right, good, this is my good. sense of so, what the producer of Biggles is saying. I was feeling attacked. Well, you like it. See, you, you did think call it, me a prick. Not so. you. Yeah, I know. The people of the 80s. Yeah. It's,
3: you, it's, your, it's your Welsh accent again. It's intimidating. It's, it me. is intimidating, but I yeah. feel
4: charming and lilted. Oh, I know. Uh,
3: but anyway, so they have a big fight with the Germans. They win. And yeah. they go inside the ceramic igloo as the weapon is set off. And the weapon... It causes everybody to sort of
4: melt but if you're already a bit sloppy like human you melt and if it's hard you go crunchy yeah again this is just basic science like a pop-tart yeah Hmm. and uh, and the walls collapse a little bit and um, but there's a bit where uh, Jim for no reason touches a thing so he looks at he goes I reckon that machine guns gonna crumble if I touch it Uh, that's my American accent. It's good, and uh, and he does it any it crunches, and then the and then Debbie looks at no the algae, dead
3: then touches the Al- wall. Algae and touches collapses. the wall, and that collapses. Yep, yep. And
4: then Debbie goes, "I wonder what happens if you put your finger in a dead German's face." And <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, that is horrible. Oh, I don't know why I did that. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Should have started on a bit of metal. Uh, uh, <laughs> she's
3: literally is, holding his fucking eyeball. He's yeah, literally
4: holding his eyeball. I think they've cut that as well. I yeah. don't know what version you saw, but I seem to remember when I was six, that was like probably a hand, like a drawn-out shot of I, something I, really I groupy. Yeah. I think they've cut that for modern cowards. They need to release the Biggles. Yeah, release R the tapes. Part. Yeah, we're well, still a PG. That's what I love. PG yeah. was different in the eighties. You could see a, a grown woman put a German's face right off. Mm. Yeah modern Britain
3: modern Britain you wouldn't get that but Biggle suddenly declares they've perfected a bloody sound weapon everyone goes yeah that's what it is yeah, yeah that's what yeah, it is that's thanks that's uh, so Jim starts to, they go into a building to investigate and then more Germans come so Jim <laughs> if up I may sh- yeah. I'm
4: pretty sure it's the same Germans that we've seen all the way through oh, the movie. Absolutely. it's the same eight extras yeah. who got a really long day's work that day mm.
3: and they got to go to Beckton nice uh, he starts shooting at the Germans but just then he sh- he's sent back to the present and he's machine galling all the police.
4: Yeah, for a long time as well. Ages. He doesn't like go. Hang on, something's changed. Uh he's just like oh, fuck, fuck the police. Mm. He goes, "Well, I'm here. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and then he's on the run.
3: When he turns to Debbie, he says to Debbie, "I got to go," and he says, "Ditch the c- cops." He says to her. So she gets in a bin.
4: Yeah. Wait a minute. What happened there? She just gets in a bin. Yeah, and goes, "Oh, what the fuck kind of plan is that?" It's not a plan, is it? Really? Yeah. I, I I thought I'd missed something there. It's one of those ones I feel like there's a shot missing.
3: But Jim gets on a roof, and it looks like he's going to get caught, So a big helicopter comes down. and I was obsessed with this helicopter as a kid, because it had a giant boil on the side, which yeah. turns out is a speaker, yeah. I realised last night. And it's just saying to him, you know, freeze, freeze, but in English. And just as it looks like he's fucked, a gloved hand comes from behind the wall and grabs him and pulls him back. And it's only bloody Biggles... Yay. He's jumped forward. Keystone! where'd you come from?
4: I have no idea. It's that hole in time—it keeps happening to me. What'd you call that? That's a helicopter. Is that explained why?
3: I guess because doesn't Peter Cushing say you must be there for each other? Doesn't he say uh the hole in time goes both ways? Arr. That's right. Yeah. Which he says it's, it's, it's very, very subtext to say if you both want to stay over tonight. <laughs>
4: For the purposes of the podcast, I was just winked at.
3: <laughs> but, yeah, so Biggles takes him to Tower Bridge because, obviously, he knows London like the back of his hand. Oh, I guess he would, yeah. It makes yeah, sense. It hasn't changed at all in 70 years. No? No, the buildings are all he exactly... He takes him to a Rumbelows. Takes him to Oh, my Rumbelows. There should be a bit where he stops every five seconds and goes, what the fuck's that? Well, he what does, the fuck's that?
4: But he only does it once, and yeah. that's when he sees punks. Yep. Because this is oh, it's, that, it's this moment where it almost becomes that episode of Quincy mm. uh, with, where he has to, yeah, punk is, you know, these kids are, ah, oh, and he gets angry and he goes, what on earth is going on? But also, I love the, what, the way that the grown men who made this film think punks b- behaved. They think an average day for a punk is yep. you dress up as a punk yep. and then you sit around a fire. In a, a barrel in fire. A barrel fire.
3: Yeah. On a and, wasteland. And that's, that's punk. And you've got a
4: ghetto blaster. You've got a ghetto blaster. Yeah. That, that's not playing because you're listening to the crackle of the fire. That's mm-hmm. the sort of tune you're into. And also, you look exactly like a World War One pilot, which is how he's able to blend in seamlessly.
3: Well, this is his plan because the police have surrounded Tower Bridge. They can't get on there. Why have, they, wait, why have they surrounded Tower Bridge? I have no idea. Yeah, they don't know
4: anything about Tower
3: Bridge. They do not. The only person who knows about Tower Bridge is Debbie. Unless and she, she grasped on him.
4: But she can't have done. No. She's in the bin screaming. She's in a bin screaming. Like a borrower.
3: Um, But yeah, Biggle's grand plan is, I've got an idea. So he gets in the middle of these punks and Jim has to wear a flat hat like a reggae man. But also put a ghetto blaster on his shoulder, like they used to in the old days. And walk like the Hoffmeister bear. And they walk past the police. And then they run up to Tower Bridge and go inside to find Peter Cushing. And he says, "Uh, I got the photo developed. And I've also given you a map of its position. That's very helpful of him.
4: That is very helpful of him. This is uh, my favourite scene, Mm. because I don't know if you noticed, but in this scene, Peter Cushing has a pet raven. Yes. And during one of the little monologues, the pet raven does a big shit. (laughs) 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 Didn't Does a big shit. For those of you playing at home, it is at one hour, (laughs) two minutes, and 20 seconds. (laughs) And not only did they use the bird-taking-a-shit take, the mic was close enough that you can hear it land, and no one in the dub has bothered removing it. That's amazing. I've got the photograph for you.
3: That's, that's amazing. Oh, my
1: God. Uh. Bertie, Algie, Ginger and me. Exactly. It was taken in our unit received its first commendation.
3: Um, but Cushing uh, is very happy to see him because he reminds him he was his commanding officer when he was 12. Yeah.
1: Do
4: you remember me? I was the little Lord Snooty in the top hat. I, I was eight. You must remember that you, I, you had a small boy who would send you off to die. You must remember him. I thought we killed you, didn't we? <laughs> no, you left <laughs> me for dead. I didn't recognise you. He goes, no, time's taken its toll. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. <laughs> I've aged you stupid cunt. And we'll get to that. I want to ask you a question about that
3: later. But um, so they, there's no way out because the police have got the place surrounded. Yeah. But luckily, as we mentioned earlier, Cushing has got two ropes, big long ropes as well, yeah. just lying about, probably near that raven shit. Yeah. And they're able to just. Whack it out of the window yeah. and abseil down.
4: I love that. So they again, the police have surrounded the entire bit apart from the only repel poss- possible repel point, yeah. which they thought, nah, who's going to repel down that? Yeah, Who's got rope? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we won't even bother covering the back window. No. And so they get away scot-free. And they leave a helicopter line around. They just leave the helicopter line out with the keys in. Yep.
3: And he gets in and he says, you're not going to fly this thing, are you? He says, if you can fly a Sopwith camel, you can fly anything. What an ingenious contraption. What are you doing? Hey, what, what do you think you're doing? We better get out of here before they see us.
1: Wait a minute. You're not serious again to try to fly this thing, are you? You
4: don't know how. If you can fly a with camel, you can fly anything.
2: Stay where you are!
4: Let me tell you this, because I, when I watched this, I had a flashback to watching this in the cinema in 1986 uh-huh. right, with my mother. Yeah. So he says, if you can fly a sop with camel, you can fly anything. And my mother leaned over to me and said, any fool can fly a sop with camel. But she used to just throw shit like that in. Like there was some dark past. How, how do you know that? Yeah. I know how to fly a sop with camel. That's all I'm going to say. I know how to fly a sop with camel, all right?
3: How did, did,
4: did Never found out. No. I, I'll tell I'll you Oh, mind
3: you, she's read loads of Biggles
4: books, though. She has, but I very much got the sense that this was first-hand information. Right,
3: well, I mean, she might have got like a flying lesson because she's such a big fan of bagels.
4: But you don't learn about... They don't do sop with camels. Why not? Well, you can't... In Wales, though. Maybe. Bang (laughs) up to dick. Yeah. Occasionally she'll say something and you're like, well, you did some stuff before I was born, didn't you? She's also got in her diary one time I noticed that she's got a phone number for a, um, a company that I looked up they just call it like global consultants and what they are is every time you're in a war zone and you need if somebody gets kidnapped they're the people they send in to do ransom drops wow and I'm like why have you got their number she goes you never know <laughs> What
3: the fuck? <laughs> <Why>? well she's <laughs> right because you are now a, a famous Welsh person you might get kidnapped for a ransom. Again, I
4: feel like she's used them for something before. Like, yeah. this isn't, like, I, I think I might have seen a loyalty card one time. Yeah, I've got, I've, got, I've got nine stamps. Do I get the 10th ransom drop free? Cheers. Yeah, my son's got missing.
3: <laughs> well, three cheers to your mother.
4: She's a good woman. Yeah,
3: good. Um, so, when they get in the um, helicopter, Jim Ferguson suddenly reveals that he's like your mum. Because he says, why don't you turn on the autopilot? It's this button. Yeah, how the fuck do you know that? Yeah. You're I mean, a TV it dinner doesn't man. Doesn't say autopilot though. Might do. Yeah, yeah. But this is when we get our favourite song. It goes like the, the TV show Spats. Um, but then they're sent back to. They 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 have a bit of a moment where they're flying around the Thames. He's getting the hang of the helicopter. It's all fun. Yeah. And then they're sent back to 1917. Have you seen my baby? Have you seen my show girl? My baby. I'll drop that in here. Have
1: you seen my baby? Have you seen my show
4: girl? Have you seen my baby? Wasn't that fun, everyone?
3: Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then he flies the helicopter to meet Bertie, Algie and Ginger and they're just bewitched by the flying windmill. Yeah.
4: This is a lovely little scene actually. Yeah. Because they, they they those four actors actually work quite well together. They do. There's a lot of like...
3: I want oh. to see a film with only those four in it yeah. though. Yeah, Not Jim. A, it sh- it shows you what
4: a good Biggles movie could have been. Yeah. But we're never going to get it.
3: This is a classic, like I was saying earlier, it feels like a British idea that's been Americanized. Yeah, and it's ruined the British idea. Yeah, we used to have to put
4: up with that a lot, even though it is a British film, and I think everyone on it was pretty British. But I think they they, they were hoping to tap that American market. Yeah,
3: you know, this got released two years later in America. Eighty eight, this came out in America. Is that
4: like a viral marketing thing? It's Adventures in Time. It's just gone through. Yeah, it's just skipped to the future. It happens a lot more than you think, <laughs> especially on terrible release schedules <laughs> for shitty British films.
3: Uh, so he says to the, to the algae and the poise, right? You go to the convent. And protect everybody. Ferguson and I, and you'd think Bertie, Algie and Ginger are a bit like, oh, this new bloke's getting a bit more attention than us. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. He says, we're going to go and stop the weapon. And then he says to Ferguson, are you still with me, Ferguson? What do you say? He says, I say, let's kick some ass, mm. old boy. you still
1: with me, Ferguson? What do you say?
4: I say, let's kick some ass. Old oh
3: boy. Have you seen
4: my favorite? Straight back. Are you annoyed yeah. by old boy as well? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, I, I don't like it. When, I don't. I don't like it when Americans use the word pound or quid. No. Oh God. Oh. Or anything. <laughs> or you. Know, <laughs> I'm happy with them. I mean, vaccinations. I wish they'd use them more. Mm. Um, but British words, it's just like I don't. They don't sound authentic when they say, "Can I get a cup of tea?". Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Get a coffee. You have to say coffee. You can't yeah. say tea. And you can also, you can say coffee. Yeah. Just.
3: And a slice of bona
4: pie, <laughs> Mary Poppins.
3: No, that was an American. Yes, yeah. but that okay from
4: Brooklyn. I see. Yeah. Have you been there? No, no.
3: I've been to America, not Brooklyn. Though.
4: Which bit of America?
3: California. Aye, California. Sorry, where have you been in America? California.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, ve- <laughs> Vegas. Yeah, I've been there. What a hell skip! Horrible. I hated it. I, that was the worst time I've ever had same I really didn't like it, it a car like a- blew up in front of us and I f- yeah on, drove from LA to Vegas and a car exploded just, it just went I want to die <laughs> in the desert and uh, and I thought maybe we should turn around I'm not saying this is an omen but let's go yeah and I just thought
3: it was like a horrible migraine it, yeah, it I didn't like the way that we, you know, every hotel you stay in, there's no windows or anything. When once you're downstairs, what? When you're downstairs, all oh, right, they take it out of the windows so people gamble all night and don't realise what time it is. There's no clocks, there's no windows.
4: I'm. Re- did you gamble? No, I did gamble and I won ten dollars straight away and I thought I've beat the house. Yeah, and I stopped.
3: Were you worried they were going to take you back and knock your hands off with a hammer? Knock my <laughs>
4: hands off with
3: the- a <laughs> back in casino. <laughs>
4: they beat him up, they knock him off like it's a plastic hand. They they knock his hand, don't they? They knock it, they don't knock it off like it's a plastic one. (laughs) Yeah, they knock his hands off. (laughs) No, I felt I was safe for $10. I don't know, know, you did beat the house. Yeah, I did, I did, I was the only
3: person who won that night. There's only a three million and one chance that could happen. (laughs) Knock his hands
4: off. Don Rickles came over and called me a hockey puck and get the fuck out. Called you a skunk pussy.
3: (laughs) Uh, yeah uh, anyway so they go off in the helicopter to take on the weapon yeah and uh bertie alby alby and ginger whatever they're called they go to protect the con the convent i'll say the covenant um but the microphone that the big bulbous ball on the side of the helicopter i didn't realize this when i was a kid Is actually a speaker yeah so they use it his idea is to fight sound with sound yeah i'm not sure how this works no it doesn't
4: work um uh, it, it, so they've got the, they've put the like the microphone for the helicopter. They've put that on the speakers. That's dangling outside. So yeah. anything coming out of the the sound weapon is going into the speaker and then being shot back at it. Is that correct? This is the theory.
3: I think so. And and also B- B- Biggles and Ferguson are completely unharmed by being in front of this. Yeah, big what's array. that
4: about? How come this time it's fine? I don't know.
3: It melted a German's face a minute ago. Yeah.
4: Wasn't an helicopter. No, good British helicopter. Probably the, made by British Leyland. Probably, probably good quality. Yeah, that's how they used to advertise British-made helicopters. Won't, won't, uh, won't take any bother from a 1917 sound machine. Yeah, that's how they used to market them. Now they're gone.
3: Maybe it was coated in some sort of sound-resistant. Yeah, Well, mind paste. you, the doors
4: are open. That's true.
3: So it's so just not been thought through, is it? Yeah, but it yeah. does work though, incredibly. The sound, yeah. the sound weapon blows up. Yeah. And then uh, Biggles turns to Ferguson and says, you might say I nuked it.
4: Yeah, how is he now using it sort of correctly based on the terrible exposition he was given for what the word nuke means? I don't know. Because what he thinks he's saying is, you might say I I overreacted it. (laughs) No, it doesn't make sense.
3: Well, the thing is, Dan, what you forget is Biggles is a time twin. (laughs) It's a lot more common than you think. It's
4: a lot more common than you think, time twinning. And it explains everything.
3: I want to know, because after it blows up, they fly over the trench, so we get hundreds of... I know there's only six of them, but hundreds of soldiers potentially see this helicopter. Does this change the future?
4: Uh... Yeah, I, I guess if they're far enough away... I mean, i have taken this seriously now. I guess if they're far enough away, it could be explained as a different aircraft and it could be like, oh, it is a plane. And they may, they do go to the trouble of making sure that the helicopter does explode so there's nothing left of it. That's true. As evidence of technology from the future. That's the only part of this fucking film that's thought out.
3: Like at the end of Back to the Future 3, you mean? When? <laughs> they destroy the DeLorean. And the little child touches his dick. Yes. Best bit of the film. Yeah. Um, but the soldiers all celebrate. They go back to the convent, where Bertie, Algie, and Ginger have a shootout with the Germans. Yeah. Helicopter arrives with, have you seen my baby, have you seen my so-? showgirl? Yeah. Is it showgirl or sugar? It says sh- I've written showgirl, but i I'm think not it's sure. sugar. It might be sugar.
4: Which is, again, doesn't make any sense. It's just John Anderson have having a laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See my baby and my sugar. Mm. I, I'm trying to find my missing baby and. Some sugar. And some sugar for yeah. a cup of tea for the baby. That's <laughs> a terrible song. Oh, God, it's such a rambling mess. What else did that guy write, by the way? Did he write anything good? Well, yes, we're quite a successful band. What was their big song? Shut up,
3: be your face.
4: Are you serious? No, no. Okay.
3: No. No, they didn't really
4: have songs, they were prog. What, is it? <laughs> what are they? Like tone poems?
3: Well, you know, where they go on for about 15 minutes with wanky bass and stuff.
4: Now, Wanky Bass was, which band was he in? He was in uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Right, right, yeah. okay. Um, I'm going to have to look up more of this guy's work because I'm curious. <clears throat> is, this, is this indicative of his no, body no, of work? No, no, absolutely not.
3: So these. This oh, actually,
4: yes, did owner of a lonely heart. All right, I do know that one. Yeah. No, this is like a mess of that.
3: Oh, yeah, it's a total mess.
4: Because a friend of mine pointed out, like, so the, they've started with the idea of a sound weapon that will make you want to die, yeah. and they've accidentally given that as the brief. Yes, to the composers. Mm. Right,
3: they might have been taking cocaine.
4: I I refuse to believe that anyone in the arts in the eighties was taking
3: cocaine. You mean cocaine? Cocaine. Yeah, they probably were. Sorry, Uh, but as they're trying to run away from the convent, right? The helicopter turns up, and um, Baron um, Stalin
4: von Stalin von
3: Stalin turns up, and he shoots Marie. Yeah, she's shot, and we get that beautiful music again. Yeah. As she's lying there, looking dead, and Biggles picks her up and says to you, "Stupid woman!" <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the helicopter gets destroyed, as we said a minute ago. Yeah. But the best bit about this is that Biggles then decides he's going to take on von Stalin mono mano I'll say mono and mono mano and mano right because von Stalin's in his plane, but Biggles goes out just by himself with a machine gun. Yeah, fires it and misses him every time. Yeah. Then eventually shoots him with a pistol. Yeah. I think. No, he throws
4: a grenade into him. No, he, sh- he starts shooting with a pistol. The machine gun runs out, and then yeah. he throws a grenade. Which lands in his lap, which lands <laughs> perfectly, and it's not even—it's not even like nearly missed. No. It was an NBA goal shot. Yeah, he's straight. He's like, it's like its its Oh God, I hate it so much.
3: It's like throwing a tennis ball into yeah,
4: a netball. Yeah, in there. yeah, yeah. It goes straight. It goes ah oh, in the lap, and he doesn't even think. oh maybe throw it out. Yeah. He just. But they do
3: this weird moment where he throws a grenade, it lands in Stalin's lap. Yeah. Stalin throws a grenade, it lands by his
4: feet. Yeah, by Biggles' feet, yeah. Yeah. And Biggles just walks away from it.
3: It even blows up, and then he just walks away. But the best thing is, because they can't afford to blow up that Sopwith camel. Yeah, I love this shot. It goes over the hill, and then an explosion goes off at the hill. Yeah. It's brilliant.
4: Yeah. That's how they used to do it. Yeah. That is the wonder of all school effects. Yeah. That's nice.
3: Yeah. But Biggles walks back into the convent to see Marie because it looks like she's dead. But she's been dabbed a couple of times with a cloth and now she's fine. Yeah.
4: See, this is what I'm telling you about post Brexit Britain. They're like, see, you don't need an NHS. <laughs> Have you considered dabbing a woman who's been shot multiple times by an aircraft? Mm-hmm. It'll work fine.
3: But then we jump back to present day. Jim just gets
4: dropped into the Thames. Yeah. I, used to th- I think about that as that's another bit I think yeah. about a lot I, kind of I think I remember when I was a kid every time I like jump off a windowsill I'd be like oh I'm falling into the Thames." Oh,
3: see Biggles has affected you it has more now and he's arrested by the police and he's being taken away because he's a lunatic who shot a police with <laughs> a machine gun and then Peter Cushing turns up and he says I'm with the Sky Police or something <laughs> yeah he said yeah yeah and he says I'll take him away and then he says oh, and they look. said
4: yeah I'm fine if you're with the Sky Police yeah, yeah you know He he just shot a bunch of our guys, that's fine, Just sky police, that seems
1: legit. I'll take charge of this man, special air intelligence business. Come with me. Well, did you finish the job?
3: Yeah, we finished it. Good show. So he goes away and he meets um, Debbie again and they're all happy. And then he says to uh, Cushing, whatever happened to Biggles, did he die? And he says, his whereabouts are
4: unknown. He said, I never did find out. Yeah. He goes, last I heard, he was on a mission to Papua New Guinea. And yeah. so far, we haven't heard anything. Well, wait a minute. This is 70 years later. Yeah. What do you mean, so, so far? far? Yeah. yeah well, we're expecting anything from uh Also, he's on a mission to Papua New Guinea. So this, he doesn't say the timeline. No. But it must be 65 years in the past. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I mean, I hold out hope. Uh, and, and then he just leaves it there. Anyway,
3: bye.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But then uh, Jim and Debbie are getting married, and this is a bit we were talking about earlier with Chuck being the best man because Jim doesn't know anybody else.
4: He does. He knows that other guy. <laughs> yeah, who he's... isn't going to eat the ring and the fucking <laughs> which again? The, well, yeah. oh, sorry,
3: the the yeah the the people in the church because this is the budget we're dealing with. It's the bloke who was in it earlier with the beard. Yeah, and the lady who also works for that company.
4: And that's it. Yeah. That's their entire It'd be wedding. Imagine if they had all the German soldiers sitting <laughs> in the back. We'd got them for another four hours. Yeah.
3: Bro. That melted face guy with <laughs> yeah, yeah. his eye hanging out.
4: Dab him, just so it's not as obvious.
3: He should pick out the ring from his pocket and his eyeball will be on <laughs> there. <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, they're just about to get married. He's just about to put the wedding ring on her. When he gets sent back to the past again, and now he's in like a cave. By the way, it's the same cave from earlier where he was chasing the Germans. But how do just, you know? Because it looks exactly the same. <laughs> it's, a, it's lit differently. Yeah, but it's and exactly it the same bit, cave. Papua New in it. Check, check it out yourself, listeners. All well, right, all right. It's the Doctor Who principle. They found did, a cave. Like two
4: they, caves. A cave's
3: a cave. It was, it's the, they found a cave and just and probably shot it all in one day. Fair enough. <laughs>
4: I'm us. Get us out of here before they start realising you're not a god,
3: you're just an American. Uh, but Biggles, because we're in the past and we're problematic, Biggles and his friends are in a pot, standing up in a pot like they yeah. used to in comic books. Yeah. Which, be, to be fair, probably happened in Biggles a lot, I'd imagine. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's being cooked. But because Jim get, comes via a lightning bolt, Biggles says, Quick, hurry up and save us before they work out. You're not a god. Pretty obvious from the get go, isn't it?
4: Yeah. Uh, well, no, because uh, he's he's come from nowhere. That's fine. That's hmm. it's racially insensitive, but it is one of the few moments of logic in the film. Oh, why is the f- when you were a kid? Did you think, oh my god, I think the film's nearly finished, and then that happened? And you were like, there's probably going to be another twenty minutes. Yeah. There's another scrape there. know yeah. And it ends. Yeah. It just
3: ends. Well, they run off and they get a spear thrown at them. Yeah. And
4: yeah. then yeah, it ends.
3: Um. But I want to know about, you know, the time jump. Yeah. You know it happens in opportune moments, like when he's shaving and listening to another one bites the dust. What if he's 50 years old and he's performing autoerotic asphyxiation and suddenly Biggles is in trouble so he arrives in a Nazi base during World War II. With a bag on his head. <laughs> a lemon in his mouth. <laughs>
4: wanking. Uh. At last we meet Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> um... Somebody want to get this guy a rope <laughs> uh, Yeah, there it should be a way to opt out of this.
3: Yeah, there should be. There should. Be. What if he's making love to his wife? Because this is supposed to be his honeymoon, of course.
4: Yeah, exactly. If he turned up like half an hour later. Yeah. You're thinking of the logic of this more than I, mean, I know. Yeah. I think mean, we've, we've thought about this more than I, I. I mean, I don't know. We we've been recording what three, four days now. Three, four days. Yeah. And it's we've definitely thought about this more than than the writers did. Who?
3: Well, my, my one of my favourite facts about this, by the way, much like with Superman Four, the premiere was attended by Prince Charles and Lady Diana.
4: And not only that, it was televised. Oh my god! It literally televised the thing. Oh, this I'll was a different time in the year. It is. That's how I found out. Fantastic. It was that's one, going in. There was Nick Owen. Hosted yes, by Nick Owen. He used
3: to always host them. Yeah.
4: Why? Are you, who's watching the premiere of anything? It used to be on all the time. But what? Who's that for? Who was it? It was always audience? a
3: charity event, but it was always to create excitement about yeah. the film.
4: That's fine, and mm. have the event. Mm. i got no problem with that. But what the f fu- Who is 8.30 at night going, oh, fuck, God, to can't miss this. We're going to watch some rich fuckers and I, Nick Owen meeting people we've never heard of. I used to watch the Bond ones. Why? What? <laughs> that about? Because they would run half an, half an hour, an hour? Yeah, half an hour. What entertainment value is this? To it, watch Timothy they still do. shake they, a sky,
3: sky do it. they got people turning up on the red carpets at premieres all the time, and not they? My
4: question still stands. Who is it for? Fans. Of what? Glitz? Glamour? <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a Twitter handle. Just a big fan of glitz. What just do you a mean, just in glitz. general? I just love glitz.
3: I love it, I the glitz. Talking of which, now we finished Biggles. Oh, God. We're going to have some quick fire questions.
4: All right, okay, fine.
3: Dan Thomas. Yeah. Who is the best, or who was the best, sorry? Arnie or Sly? Well, who, who, have they died? No, they're still around. They're just not as effective as they used to be. Well,
4: uh, so, right, Arnie made the better movies that I am more fond of. Yeah. But Sly was probably a better actor, definitely a better writer. And also Sly didn't write an autobiography that is the worst book I've ever read in my fucking life. Oh,
3: really? I've not read right on his autobiography. Oh, oh Total it's Recall. It's called Total Recall, isn't It's it? called
4: Total Recall. It is 650 pages of absolute dirge. Only one, there's only one sentence in it that is good. And that one, he, he's talking about making Total Recall. And he goes, Sharon Stone was very nice. She's a good person as long as you don't touch her neck. And then he just moves on. He's like, wait a minute, what happened with her fucking neck? There's an anecdote there I'm missing out on. But Could that's a I don't know if you actually he just brushed something off her neck and she beat the shit out like of Like
3: Mark Field MP. What, what, did, did he touch Sharon Stone's neck? No, he touched that protester's
4: neck didn't he, the other day. Oh, yes. This, this is going up in three months, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. That's, that's fine. That's R- fine. Google it. I, ask your grandparents. <laughs> you might have time twins who were there. Uh, what's the best action movie of all time? Lawrence of Arabia. I don't know why everyone keeps saying Die Hard. Mm. Die Hard's perfectly good. Lawrence of Arabia is an action movie that is also the best movie of all time. So, leave it.
3: Would you like to be a time twin with Lawrence of
4: Arabia? Um, no, because I'm sure there were some situations that uh, he was in that I'm, I'm like, I'm fine. I you might have saved him when he was this.
3: having his motorbike accident.
4: Well, how am I by taking a hit for him?
3: By being in his sidecar. <laughs>
4: if he'd been in a sidecar, he'd have had better balance and he wouldn't have toppled it anyway. Exactly. I could have just gone back and said, you know what, I'll buy the sidecar. How much is that? 500? Put it on. Treat yourself, Elliot. Treat yourself. That's how I would have saved... Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, that's good.
3: Uh, terrorists have taken over a skyscraper. You can take three celebrities with you to stop them. Who are you taking up the shard and why?
4: I am, I'm going to make it all Welsh. I think I'm going to have... I'll have Windsor Davis. Lovely. Specifically from uh, Some Others Do Have Him. Lovely. I mean, do I need anyone else? I not Some probably, Others Do Have them. Not some... No, wait a minute. <laughs> In our Mum. In, In our Fotmum. Mum. Yeah. All right. I would like to recast... Uh, some others do have them with Windsor Davis yep. for a start.
1: That would be much better. I think I'd be in a bit of trouble. Uh. Oh, Betty.
4: Oh, Betty, lovely boy. My cat's done a whoopsie <laughs> in my beret.
3: <laughs> he did wear a beret, you <laughs> know, I thought, Mum. He did.
4: Nice big. Uh, okay, I forget what the question was, but what Windsor Davis in some others do have them. <laughs> yep. We call the baby Rambo.
3: What are your other two Welshmen? You're taking.
4: Who shall I take? What I mean, I, I want to take. Um, I'll go up with him. Obviously, have I got to go with him? You don't have to, but you can. I'll go up. And, you are the uh, best Welshman. Uh, I'm not. It's Windsor Davis. He still is. He still in no. This? He sadly oh, passed. Fuck. So it's you now. All right. Um, I will have probably just a couple of rugby players. I don't know any of their names, but just me and Windsor will just chat about show business anecdotes and I'll send a couple of rugby players in to actually do the work.
3: Like Danny Cipriani or something? You could,
4: you could say whatever you like. I wouldn't
3: know. Who's the great Welshman now, then, Because you used to have Burton... And then you add—is
4: um, it Michael Sheen?
3: Oh, I suppose it is Michael Sheen, isn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: Oh, I stick him as well comfortably.
3: Michael Sheen. Well, yeah. I'll
4: take—I'll take Windsor Davis. I'll take Michael Sheen. Mm. I'll take Catherine Zeta-Jones, actually. I bet you would because not like that. She's no. a good woman. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I sometimes pass her parents' house in Swansea, and on occasion you—they—you'll <laughs> see Michael Douglas sweeping leaves. No, because I think the—I th- think it's still a Welsh thing of like. Right then, so um, Catherine, um, that husband of yours, I don't mind him coming to stay, but he's going to do his fair share of the fucking work when he's here, right? Mike, Mike, do the fucking leaves. And I swear, one time he was, I think I saw him, I'm pretty sure it was him, because he was wearing, like, a purple running suit, and he was running along, and I saw, like, a bloke walking his dog, and this was a crossroad from me, and the bloke stopped Michael Douglas jogging, and I thought he was going to, like, ask for an autograph or something, and I just saw the bloke point back and go, And like a dog's shit. He goes, "Ah, all right, Mike, my dog's done a shit. Anyway, good talking to you. And then they just passed each other and moved on.
3: (laughs) Okay. I didn't realise Michael Douglas went to Swansea.
4: Yeah, because Catherine's from uh, nearby.
3: I thought he'd stay in LA.
4: You've got to go visit the grandparents for fuck's sake. Mm. Yeah, it's true. They rented out the Holiday Inn once. Did they? They had the whole top. When they got married, they got married in Swansea. They rented out the top. They got married in Swansea? I did not know that. So they rented the whole, just the whole inn, which is, in Wales, is like a travel lodge. Yes. And um, so there's all these famous people, like, in the holiday (laughs) inn, like Danny DeVito, people like that. Oh, my God. Just go to the Brewer's Fair, because that's the only place you can eat after nine. And Yeah. It was, yeah, I'm a fan of glitz as well, because (laughs) I live in the Hollywood of South Wales.
3: You do. Also, Michael Sheen gets umpteen things clean. So he'd be good for terrorists.
4: Yeah.
3: I don't know why I said that. Um, you can go back in time and stop someone being born. Who is it? Much like Desert Island Discs, I'll give you Hitler.
4: Uh, Rob Anderson. Who's Rob Anderson? Kid I went to school with. Absolute right. prick. Okay.
3: Good. Okay. Uh, a hypothetical fistfight takes place between Rocky Balboa and John Matrix from Commando.
4: Who wins? I have some questions. Is there, yeah. Can it be any Rocky. Yeah. Uh Rocky three and four, I think he would beat John Matrix. Rocky one and two, I think Matrix would have the edge. I think you're right. OK.
3: And uh, finally, if you could make your own 80s action movie, uh, what would it be about? Who would be the lead and what would it be called? Right. OK.
4: I studied 80s action films in university because it was American studies and it was a DOS. And uh-huh. a lot of it was about how the reason uh, American action movies get so overblown in the 80s is because it's this uh, trying to recapture masculinity of the American male after the loss of Vietnam. Hmm. So, and obviously since then it's led to this toxic masculinity. So what I'm thinking is an 80s movie that's a more gentle modern man. So um, make it British, though, uh, just for us. So that, uh, I was thinking, what was the name of the bloke who played Adrian in Bread? Oh, uh, Peter... John, Jonathan Morris. It was Jonathan, Jonathan Morris, Morris sorry. I He's the lead. That. Yeah. Um, and uh, he just takes on a mission. Just, he hears that some Central American government are planning to um make tampons a luxury item Mm
1: -hmm. and he's
4: like i don't approve of that right because women yeah let's just be fair to women yeah so my answer is um jonathan morris tampon plotline the title would be bread heat
3: bread heat (laughs)
4: that's sort of 80s isn't it that's very 80s yeah yeah red heat yeah
3: brilliant well Dan thanks for being my time twin today
4: this is we're in the same time at the same time I yeah mean, now, we're not.
3: but I was in peril I needed a guest on the show oh I see and you dropped through from Wales which is the past and uh, you've helped <laughs> me out
4: <laughs> fuck off <laughs> some of the places in this place are a ditch as well my yeah. London yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we've well, got clean running water you haven't been where I live where do you live where I think I don't know anything about it. I was done by the coast, didn't it yeah isn't that where Dad's Army was set? No. Isn't it? It's a bit Dad's, Dad's Army. Dad's Army was a made-up place. Was it? Yeah. But it looked like Worthing. Yeah, basically. So you've come all the way from Worthing for this, mm-hmm. into London. Yeah. This place is a hell. Ha- Are you a Londoner originally?
3: Uh, North London originally. Oh, okay. Yeah. Watford. Do you, do you like London? It's all right. Do you, you d- like London? No. Oh. No. Why?
4: Seems a little backward.
3: Well, on that bombshell, Dan Thomas, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: but if you've got a comedian in a room you open their Amazon account and you look back at everything they've ever bought on that website well this because I was consuming so much peanut butter I decided to try and get a powdered oh, version that wasn't as fattening. Uh, your handwriting can change your life I regret this book <laughs> I regret this book keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, fridge that. magnets yeah I love yes. that I do
3: have that on my fridge four
1: pounds you spent on that that's my mate bought a toaster available now from Great Big Al